Welcome, welcome, friend, to my corner of the world here. This is the business of personal brand photography, and my name is Paula Brennan. I'm coming to you from Australia, and today I want to share with you how you can plan your personal branding photo shoot for optimum variety for your clients. Now, I am going to give you a warning here that today is absolutely jam-packed. I am filling this podcast today with lots of good stuff for you because this is an area, well, it's a topic I have to say that I am super, super passionate about and I want you to be known for giving great value to your client. There's no need to take notes today because I have created a download for you. This is going to be a checklist of everything that I'm going through. So you can jump into the show notes to pick that up. So if you're driving, if you're doing some housework, or even if you're doing some editing right now, don't worry, you don't need to stop. Just listen and you can get that download at the end of this. What I really want to start with today is that I believe that a great shoot begins before the shoot day. Now, this isn't rocket science. If you are already doing personal branding, you're probably most likely already doing a consultation with your clients. But from my perspective, I am a super big planner when it comes to these things. When I'm doing a shoot with a client, I want to make sure that I not only meet their expectations, but I exceed their expectations. So sometimes I will do more than one consultation if necessary, because I want to make sure that both myself, but more importantly, I want to make sure that my client is best prepared so that they can bring everything that I know that they need along to the shoot so that we can get the most variety for them. So my goal when I'm doing the consultation really is to be equipped with the most ideas that I can, the most amount of knowledge about my client and their background, what they do for work, what they're intending to do in the future with their business, what they need from me from a marketing perspective, but also I dig deep into their story. So uh, what I'm really trying to do here is have the most amount of knowledge for myself so that I can create and curate the best experience for them. And sometimes with some people, the best experience is also about managing their nerves or their anxieties and things like that. So the more that I can get to know on the forefront before we enter into the shoot, the better it is on the experience side. Now, obviously as well, we need to make sure that we're not over-promising when we're coming to that consultation. So it's really important to me to make sure that I'm creating an optimum experience, but also within the boundaries of the package that they've selected or that we've decided that's the best for them. Now, I'm going to go into that more in detail later on. So don't worry about that. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, I will be digging deep into that. But the main goal for me on a personal branding photo shoot with my client is to create create a lot of variety, as I've said, but also to maintain the illusion that the photo shoot wasn't all done in the one day, because obviously we want there to be a little bit of kind of spontaneity in the feed for the client. So we don't want the photos to all look like they're all consistently looking the same. And so it's really important that we make sure that there's that variety in there for the client. And it's also really important for me to make sure that the photo shoot doesn't feel like it's all on one note. Have you ever done a photo shoot with a client where you might have 25 images, but they're all in the exact same location? They're all in the same place, but maybe just slightly different poses. The lighting looks the same, the clothing is the same, and the only thing that you as the photographer have changed is the way that the person looks. Look, if you do this, and I'm sure it's happened to you, you might find that the client only ends up buying maybe 
two or three out of that series of 25 photos. And it's really not a great investment in your time to go and edit or to prepare the photos for them to view or to sell to them, but it's also a little bit of a waste of the time of the client. Remember, people who are in business are busy, so they need you to be effective and efficient on the shoot day for them. Now, I also want to make sure, as I said, that we are doing quite a succinct experience. So in this, I want to make sure that it's not too overwhelming for the client. If you do find yourself kind of like overposing them in certain locations or getting them to repeat the same things and over and over again, the client will end up quite jaded and you can see that in the photos. So what we want to do is make sure that we tighten up everything. We make sure we're super efficient on the photo shoots so that they have a great experience that they're going to want to come back to. We want them to come back again, right? So we need to make sure that the experience feels great and positive and energetic for them as well. So it's really, really important that you get to know your client before the photo shoot. We want you to understand their brief. I want you to understand their requirements. Are they going to need photos that are vertical for certain places and then horizontal or nice and wide shots with negative space? Are they going to need to use props? Do they want to have different clothing? It's important for you to get to know these needs beforehand so that you can get them prepped. You don't want a bunch of props coming to the photo shoot that you hadn't expected and you don't know what to do with. It can end up being really super overwhelming. I've had this happen a few times before and they literally arrive with carloads and boxes of things and you're just sitting there scratching your head going, what am I going to do with all of these? It's also really important for you to make sure that you guide your client on the clothing as well because they need to make sure that they've got the right sort of outfits and things like that. So today what I really wanted to talk to you about is five key areas that I think that you can work with to tighten up all of this so that you can feel super organized on your photo shoot so that you can, as I said, get the optimum for your client. This is really about working yourself hard, but making it look easy on the top. You know, those images where you see the swans in the lake and they're on the top and they're cruising and underneath they're paddling really fast. That's the way my mind works on a photo shoot, right? I am constantly like the cogs are spinning and things like that. But having the tools that I'm going to be going through with you today helps me to keep sane and it helps me to not get overwhelmed on the photo shoot, especially if they bring lots of props and clothes that you didn't expect. (laughs) Sometimes it still happens no matter how much you prepare your client. So it's very important, obviously, that you go in with some sort of a plan. Now, everybody plans differently. I am a little bit of a list writer. I do tend to write things down for myself so that I've got some key ideas and things like that. Um, But you also might, if you're a visual person, you might use things like Pinterest boards and things for for doing this. So you you do you, you do whatever works for you. But I do want to say to you is that you make sure that you have a sense of what I'm going to go through today so that you know that you're really prepared and you're super organized. So the first thing that I really want to go into a photo shoot and what I'm usually armed with is a list of activities. Now, I know this might sound weird when I've just talked about clothes and props and things like that, but I believe that good branding is really about showing what your clients do so that they don't have to tell. And so in doing that, what you really need to do is sort of understand what the natural activities and movements are of your client's daily life. Now, when you give your client as well an activity, 
it also gives them something to do. So they're not just sort of standing there statically waiting for you to tell them to smile or do things like that in the photos. Having activities helps to create action and interest, but it also gives you lots of content for you to play with when you're actually doing the shoot. So you can get them moving through sort of different activities and then you can capture the in-between moments, in-between the things that happen. So if you're thinking about putting together an activities list, it might include things like, what it looks like to actually physically work with them. So like if you had a yogi in front of you, you might get them doing some yoga poses, but they also might be working with another client. So you might bring another body into the room and get them working and manipulating and and teaching and things like that. If you've got a realtor, you might have them greeting clients and walking them through things. I often get my realtors like patting down pillows and, and fixing beds and things like that because that's actually what they do before they show a home. If you've got an online course creator that you're photographing, you might get them sitting on a couch and working on their laptop or they might be on their iPads and things like that whatever feels natural to what they actually do the activities that they do for their for their physical job other things I like to do with my clients to take it out of that workspace and really help to tell them the full story of what they do is capture things like they do in their spare time So this can be things like reading books, it can be listening to podcasts, it could be grabbing a motorbike or a bike or riding their horse, whatever it is. But if you ask the right questions, you could figure out what it is that they do in their spare time and then obviously work about figuring out how you can capture that. I want you to also ask yourself what is important to this specific shoot when you're doing these activity lists because sometimes clients will ask you to do some things. They'll ask you to capture some things and you really have to scratch your head and go, is this worth the time that it's going to be invested in capturing that particular shot? to meet the client's brief. And I have to tell you, okay, so a couple of, this was about five, maybe even six years ago now, I was capturing this guy for his personal brand and he had this idea that he wanted to jump off a cliff. And I was like, yeah, this sounds great. I'm all in, da-da-da-da-da. But what happened was is that cliff jump ended up taking over (laughs) the shoot day. We ended up having to roll it into a second day because of this. We had to walk down this huge ravine. We had to get him to climb up on the rock. There was a lot of anticipation about him jumping down. And effectively, I did a series of shots coming down when he was jumping off the cliff into the water. But really effectively, he was only ever going to use one of those shots. So lesson learned, I was very sweaty, hot, sweaty mess with all my gear walking back up this kind of massive long hill and everything which effectively was just to get the one shot for him. So I want to say to you is really kind of make sure that you look at what your your list of activities that you're going to put down and make sure that every single one of them fits the brief of what you need to do for the client, but also fits the timing. (laughs) Don't end up like me and having to offer them a second shoot day so that you can fit that one photo in because uh, yeah, it'll end up just being more of a stress and a hassle for you in the long run. So for me, it's really important that before the photo shoot, I have a list of all of these activities nutted out. I want to get armed for myself so that I can get my clients into the right kind of action. 
You might be freaking out right now because I'm talking about all of these wild activities. If you're a static poser, if you're used to studio, a lot of my clients inside of the Breakthrough Program often ask me about things like focusing and things like that. Look, all of this you do need to practice. You need to put into practice when you're working with activities and you need to be practicing outside of the photo shoot to get used to focusing on the fly and things like that. So if it's not something that's in your arsenal yet, if you know that you're not capable of kind of photographing things in movement I want to say to you is you need to get practicing outside of the photo shoots the photo shoots with your clients is not the place to be practicing this stuff if you're like me come from a wedding background you'll be very adept at this you're used to sort of tracking and photo photographing moving objects namely moving people so if you're not I'd say get some kids get some other people involved and Kids are great because they move so much and get used to trying to focus on their eyes or focus on their hands or whatever it is that's the um, the primary focus of the photo shoot. But my goal here for you is that you make sure before you go into a shoot, if you can, is have that list of activities because it's definitely going to help you to create a lot more variety for your clients. Now, the next thing that I always work on when I'm looking at different venues is creating a list of shoot sets. Now, because I tend to work a lot on location now, I do turn up earlier to my shoot so that I can do a scout. If I don't do it on the shoot day, I make sure that I do a drive around the location before the shoot day so that I can scout wherever I'm shooting for my shoot sets. And obviously also taking into account things like lighting and times of day if I'm shooting outside. What am I looking for? If I'm going into properties, which a lot of the time I am, if you follow me, you know that I shoot a lot in Airbnbs and I hire spaces to shoot in because I don't have a studio anymore. So what I do is I am always looking for corners with good light. I'm looking for tables that I can use to put things like laptops on or get my clients working with other clients on. I'm looking for desks if I have them. Sometimes in houses that I go into, they have them or I might be going into people's workspaces, into offices and I'm looking for the desk that's got the best angles. I'm looking for couches that I can get my clients to sit on, to sit below, to lean on the back of, to lean over the top of. I'm looking for chairs that I can move around the room and I can put into different spaces. I'm looking for kitchens that might have four or five different angles that I can shoot in. I'm looking for those hallways. Whatever it is, I am writing that down. What I'm looking for is one space where I can shoot multiple angles as well. So I don't just want to be coming at it from one side. I want to make sure that I can put my client in. I can walk on one side and I can then go to the flip it and look at the 180 degree view on the other side and make sure that I can get a shot there for them as well. Remember, variety, efficiency. There's nothing better than a great couch that you look at and you can see at least 12 different poses and maybe, you know, six from six different angles. That's what I'm looking for, baby. And so if you can find that in a space, I want you to list it down. And I am as ridiculous as this. I will literally write client sitting on the couch, looking back towards the TV, client sitting on the floor in front of the couch, looking back with the green outside. I'm so specific because if I don't do that for myself, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to forget. <laughs> I'll get in midway through my shoot or midway through my plan and I'll be like, what? Scratching my head going, what did I mean when I put that? Now, obviously, if you are working in a studio and it's your studio space, you want to work at maximizing that space. 
If you can, obviously, and it's an easy one, you can change the backdrop. If you've got a cycle or something like that and you can pull up multiple different, if you've got paper rolls and things like that and you can pull up different things, make sure you do that, okay? Make sure that you're doing that within your shoot, but also make sure that you're listing down all of the possibilities before you go into the photo shoot. If you've got the corner you can shoot in, you might be able to shoot with window light if you use natural light. You might be able to use the backlight on it or you can change your lights around to make those situations happen as well. You might also look at adding a piece of furniture. So I've talked a lot about catches, but I know that a lot of the students that I work with have got beautiful catches that they use for portrait. They can be used for personal branding as well. And you can really easily get these desks that you can use there like from Ikea or from Kmart and those sorts of places where you can pull them down because obviously if you've got a studio you've probably got limited storage space so you don't want to have a big fat desk taking over all of the space. A lot of the time I used to always use the furniture that was already in my space so in my sales room I used to have chairs and I also had coffee table which I would move in and out to the studio so I wasn't necessarily having to buy new pieces of furniture you want to make sure here, especially if you're in a, in a smallish space, that you don't overcrowd yourself. And I really think don't overinvest. It's really easy to kind of look at what someone else is doing and want to buy a piece of furniture because they've got it, because they make it look good. But then you find that you've only got, you know, one shot out of, you know, 50 that you're taking on each shoot uses that big, huge piece of furniture that's taking up so much space. Now, also too, I want to make sure as well that you... Don't forget to have a look around you if you've got a studio. I'm going to tell you, my old studio was like a beautiful room, but it was up these stairs of this old building. So it wasn't great in the foyer or anything like that for me to be able to shoot. And it was a shared space, so it probably wasn't appropriate for me to shoot around there. But downstairs across the road, I had this big, beautiful grey wall that was fantastic to shoot at in the afternoons. And then around the corner, I had this exposed brick white wall for a while before they painted over it. But it was amazing. I used to run some of my clients across there too. I also had a cafe, which was a couple of hundred metres walk. But I didn't mind doing that if I was doing the brick wall or the grey wall or going to one of the fences down the road as well to shoot in. So you don't necessarily need to leave your studio in a car to be able to create great variety. And remember, for a lot of these personal branding shots, a lot of that kind of urban appeal is really quite what people are after. So having negative space on the sides of your walls, being able to kind of create that kind of like cool feel with jeans and joggers and stuff like that is what they need just to create a little bit of dynamic feel in their shoot. So you might not necessarily need to jump in your car. So keep it nimble. Keep it easy again for your clients, but make sure that you have that clear list for yourself mapped out, okay, with all of the locations. So for me personally, I make sure I do this by room when I'm in these houses, when I'm shooting in Airbnbs, but in your studio, it might just be that you do it with lighting scenarios or either with backdrops and you might decide to list out all the different things you can do on a particular backdrop or in that corner or as I said, with that lighting setup. So you do you. Um, I don't need to worry about the the lighting so much. For me, it's more about the rooms that I'm in. So I do mine via room, as I said. Now I'm going to take a quick break, but I will be back after the break with more ways that you can optimize your personal brand shoot for your clients. Working with Paulo is one of the singular best decisions I've ever made in my life for myself and for the people I serve. I feel like she has gone above and beyond to provide uh, far more value than I expected coming into this. It felt like a financial risk, but now I feel like I got a good deal 
Um, I so look forward to continuing working with her, um, hopefully in the future and in the alumni group, which is offered as part of the group. I know that you won't regret making this decision. You should join this program. When it comes to posing clothing, I have one simple rule. One outfit, three different locations or activities. Anything more than that, it is going to simply get redundant. Remember, we are trying to create a collection of photos that looks like it wasn't all taken in one day. So if you photograph one outfit in one location for too long, the photos just become a waste of space and they won't be able to use them as effectively as if you took the time to move them in that outfit and push them into different poses in different locations. Remember... That illusion, we want to keep it that this client hasn't come and had all of their photos taken in one day. So you as the photographer need to make sure and track this. So what I do, generally speaking, when I've got all of the outfits in front of me on the rack is I match them. I've got my list of, of, remember now I've at this stage, I've got my list of locations where I can take them to. And I literally put the outfits down on a different piece of paper. And then what I'm doing is I'm virtually crossing across and I'm just matching that outfit. And I'm going to go into the kitchen with that one. Then I'll go into the hallway. Then I'll take them out the front. I'll put them on the black backdrop. Then I'll put them on the white backdrop. And then I'm going to put them on the backlight. Whatever scenario I'm in, I make sure that that outfit gets a tour. <laughs> we want to take it on tour. So it goes to lots of different places. And it's really easy for your clients once you've got this list down. If you know outfit number one, two, three, four, five, what you want to try and do then is organize them on the rack for them that way as well. And anything that you don't want to photograph, either push it to the end of the rack or else put it away. (laughs) Get them to start packing it up for you so that it's not a distraction. We want to simplify all of this and save all of the confusion because once you get into your creative flow, I want to keep you there. Okay. So I like to just take anything away from the client's gaze because then they're not attached to it. They're too busy in their head and they'll start trusting you more if you're really definitive about what you want and you're very instructive about how it's going to happen. Now I've talked a little bit about this, but the other thing you need to think about is adding props into the shoot. Now this is really important for people to be able to personalize the shoot, particularly if you're in a strange house or if you're doing it in a studio. You can really create a space that feels like them by getting them to just bring some simple things in that really personalize the space for them. Now, for this, obviously, I'm going to go back and reference my activities list because oftentimes, you know, laptops, books, headphones, that kind of thing, that might come into it. But oftentimes, too, I I tell my clients to dress a desk. So with personal branding, most people work from behind a computer at some stage in their work life, particularly my types of clients, which tend to be a lot of online entrepreneurs, they will need a desk sort of scenario. And I don't want to fabricate that because it'll feel too contrived and I don't want my photos to start looking too repetitive. And so I do invite my clients to bring stuff to dress their desk, but I am limited about it. I'm asking them just to bring enough, just to fill a small meter and a half, maybe 1.5 meters wide desk so that and I say to them you do the editing because I don't want it to feel too cluttered and most of the time I'll get them to just go around their own existing office space and gather gather those things so that it feels really really real you might also do things like adding coffees or green juices or food or magazines and things like that throughout the shoot just to give them things to hold on to again this is sort of harking back to that activities list but oftentimes a good cup of coffee gives 
some some hands that are wandering something to hold on to or something to do. So if you're sick of asking your clients to put their hands on their hips or stick their hands in their pockets to get rid of them, give them a cup of coffee. <laughs> Works a treat. As I sort of hinted at before, what I'm trying to do then, the fifth step in this is really to start joining the dots into one list. So my list looks like clothing. So it's easier for me to arrange the clothing. I'll put them with spaces apart and then I'll add the locations and the activity for them to do. And as I said, each outfit, no more than three. Sometimes if I know that it's like a key outfit and it's the one that they really strongly with, I will give them a couple of extra locations with that outfit but predominantly it's just a list of three things per outfit and as you can imagine I can get through quite a lot of outfits using this methodology as well. So typically speaking on a half day shoot I get between eight to twelve outfits out. If we're doing a headshot which is more like a 45 minute to maybe an hour tops type of shoot I can push out six outfits if I want to. So it means that I get lots of variety for my clients as I've talked about and it means that I've got lots and lots of different things to play with you know because you can get a little bit sort of monotonous on a shoot too right. Sometimes you create creativity can get a little bit stifled and so having these changes and and things obviously brings a lot of a breath of fresh air to the shoot if it starts to feel a little bit stale at times for you. I'm going to be honest with my list I don't have layers and layers of pages because to be honest with you that's just a total buzzkill for me. My lists actually are like just photocopy paper. Years ago, one of my assistants photocopied, over photocopied boxes and boxes of order forms. And so I actually am still going through those about five years later. And so I just use the backs of those or any pieces of paper that I can grab if I need something on the fly or even my own workbook that I carry with me. Doesn't matter. Just don't be too fussy about it. Just get it done however it needs to be. Sometimes I have used my phone too, the note section on my phone and I'll just do it like that especially if I'm out and about on location I can't have like my clipboard with my piece of paper with me so I will put the notes into the phone so that I've got that running list on me now sometimes I go off piece guys this does not stifle my spontaneity at all it allows me to be a lot more creative within it and because I have my clients do hair and makeup it means that I've got this full hour to prepare before the shoot so I also get to kind of like marinate in all of the things that I'm looking at I've got time to sit there and look at the clothes and play with the props and set up the activities if I'm in a stable space or plan what's going to happen when we go outside and so I have got the list written down if I need to refer to it but most of the time I'm just referring to it to just instigate the next outfit change. Usually I've got a fairly firm idea in my head of what I'm doing because I've sat there and I've looked at the list and I've gone through it in that hour that they're getting hair and makeup. Now in the time that you don't have hair and makeup okay so oftentimes we do shoot the blokes and I don't get that opportunity to spend that time. I will still find a way to distract them for 10 or 15 minutes so I have that prep time. It is part of my process and it means that when I'm on the shoot, I'm not scratching my head and I never get to that point where I say, um, I'm not quite sure. Because that 
sort of energy on a photo shoot with a client is instantly going to get them to start second guessing themselves. And I don't want that. So I want to try and stay in control throughout the whole shoot. And my hope is in that sharing this with you today is that you will be able to get a little bit more of a handle. If you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed on your photo shoots, if you're feeling like they kind of run away from you sometimes in timing, oftentimes it's just because you haven't put the right preparation in place. Now, as I said at the start of this episode, I have created a freebie, a little downloadable, which is everything I've gone through on this podcast for you. So if you are driving and couldn't take notes, don't worry, check the show notes and you will be able to download that checklist. I am so glad that you joined me today and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. Why you're so salty? I'll still take a bite.